welcome to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar and today I have Stephen Bignall joining me on the podcast. Now, Steve is Manager of Market Information at Meat and Livestock Australia and is one of the leading contributors to MLA's latest cattle industry projections which just got an update in recent weeks and is what we're going to have a chat about today. So to take you through some of the headline figures, after two years of more than 6% declines in the cattle herd, a 5% bounce is expected to June 30, 2021. And by 2023, the herd is expected to be back at 2018 levels. So what that does mean is that half a million head or 7.4% has been stripped out of slaughter for 2021. So there's a lot to unpack in these projections, more than we can get to in detail in one episode. So we'll keep it to the key points and changes today with Steve. I hope you enjoy the episode and after a thanks to this week's podcast sponsor, we'll get straight into it. Thanks for tuning in to Commodity Conversations. This week is brought to you by ProAdvice. ProAdvice offer tailored services to suit your accounting needs. They have a long history of working with farming families and they understand the day-to-day realities and challenges of farm life. Whether it be strategic and succession planning, improving your communication and decision making, or accounting services and business software solutions, ProAdvice will help your farm run more efficiently. Hop on their website or give them a call to find out more. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, Steve, to talk to MLA's latest cattle projections. Our analysts have a lot of interest in both the sheep and cattle forecast done by MLA, with a lot of the numbers feeding into our analysis and our modelling. So we really appreciate having you on to talk us through the projections today. Thanks for having us. Well, why don't we start with your last projections? So they were back in January uh, of 2021, I believe, and a lot has changed since then. You know, cattle producers have definitely shown their hands and uh, holding back cattle from slaughter and live export uh, to rebuild herds. But what have you seen that's changed in the market that has driven some of these projections changes? Yeah, so we had uh, the herd... Uh, projected for this year to be 25.2 million head in January. We've now revised that up uh, to 25.9. And the real driver behind that is like you touched on, um, people uh, retaining more cattle and withholding from slaughter at a greater rate than we initially anticipated. So we had adult slaughter at 6.9 million, which was still going to be down on 2021, uh, 2020 levels, sorry. Uh, but we've had to, we've revised that down to 6.4 um, million head in the April update. Uh, so that's an extra 500,000 not being slaughtered that we anticipated were. And the big driver has just been, as we've seen this year, people have been holding onto cattle. That rain in that in the north has has come, um, and that's been the big driver we've seen is is the rain in the north has come and and people are, are holding onto cattle. It's going to be the lowest with that 6.4 million. Um, head slaughter figure that we're projecting, that's going to be the lowest in 35 years. So when we did the projections back in January at 6.9 million head, that was going to be the lowest in 25 years. So, um, yeah, it's been quite a significant sort of um, reduction in slaughter that we've seen in the first uh, first quarter of this year. Yeah, so big changes there. And 
Has that been pretty broadly spread across Australia that the slaughter numbers have been, um, you know, at those levels or has there been differences in regions? Largely widespread. We're seeing nationally aggregated level, we're, we're seeing slaughter down significantly. There are sort of regional trends in that. Like I said, Queensland where was where sort of the biggest restock of confidence came from. What about some of the other projections? So we had production at the start of the year, sort of uh, the same year on year, uh, because we had slaughter, like I said, um, sort of only 200,000 down on um, 2020 levels, and we had carcass weights rising. So we actually had production and exports sort of sitting um, in line with year ago levels. Given the big reduction in slaughter that we've we're forecasting we now do have production falling um nine percent for the year and we do have exports falling uh by 12 percent and and that's just a result of that slaughter falling far more than we anticipated and and carcass weights haven't changed we, we still have them up at 301.3 but the the drop in um production and and exports is definitely a result of that falling slaughter one of the interesting things I was reading in the report actually was over the long term, the rising trend in grain fed cattle and the increasing carcass weights as well that we've seen in recent years. And how is that played into the long term forecasts? In terms of what we're seeing we, on the point of carcass weights, what we are seeing is the high price at the moment. So we do have the feed available to feed out um, animals, grain and pasture. And the high prices are really incentivising people to add additional kilos. It makes economic sense. We do expect that to plateau as, as the herd rebuild matures. But we also, as you touched on, seeing carcass weights increase through genetics and the increased um, number of cattle on, on in feed or on feed sorry so we do have seen that trend um, upwards what that means is that we can hit production high production levels of lower slaughter that's the general trend and that must be having a bit of a, a buffer effect in say your live export markets where we're not sending as many cattle but if they're at a heavier weight then we're still supporting some of those markets more so than we would have if the weights weren't as heavy yeah, we are saying so the boat, boats, boat looking at boat weight, you yeah, you're on you're on the money there. So with boat weights, even if numbers fall fall, the number of head on those boats, the weights aren't falling by as much, and that's the same with slaughter. Still with any with any drop like this year, um live X down twenty six percent. We'll obviously see the total weight on boats fall, but it won't be as significant as the per head number. And can you talk a little bit more about the numbers of live export and, and what that means for those markets moving ahead? Yep, yep. So with one of the live export things we have had is, is we are, um, so in the live export space, um, with that drop down 26%, one of that, some of that is a friction around price. So we know into Indonesia, the price of cattle is, having a little bit of an impact on the numbers um, exported. And then the number of cattle uh, into some of the other countries that have been more affected by COVID has sort of softened. But we do expect that to tick up in the later half of this year as prices sort of mature and as some of those economies uh, come back online from COVID, that's what we're expecting. And there's also obviously the New Zealand ban in the um, breeder space around 
what that will will mean. What I'm hearing from you, Stephen, really is that the tight supplies are expected for a long way out. When are we looking for this to sort of turn around and we're seeing, you know, the numbers steady? Well, what we can see is that with the the slaughter, we have got slaughter still below 7 million um, in 2022. So in terms of that, that means that the supply will be tightened for two years. But what that is doing, and and as we sort of said, with the um, herd numbers increasing from 25.2 to 20. 5.9 5.9 million is that reduction in slaughter is going to accelerate the pace of the um, herd rebuild. So while supply through processing facilities is expected to be sort of subdued for this year and into next year, we that will uh, result in more animals on ground. So these cuts to slaughter in the near term are benefiting the rebuild pace and, and getting us back up there quicker? Yep, we had a far slower um, herd rebuild predicted at the start of the year on those high slaughter numbers. Yep. And what sort of seasonal assumptions, I guess, come into these projections that you, you make, Steve? We know the seasons have a huge impact on what's being held on farm and what's going to slaughter. So what's sort of built into these projections that you have at the moment? So we obviously use the BOM um, forecast and then we look at sort of rainfall patterns and, and, and what that looks like historically. One thing in April, we were expecting obviously a wetter than normal La Nina and we were waiting that out for a while and wondering if that would come into fruition because it was probably a late, we had a wet December, but then in January and February, we were wondering if the, the wet would come to fruition. Obviously that, that rain in March, um did come but we are also mindful that it was generally there was rain in the north and and statistically it was a wetter summer than average but not every area received rain but that rain and that anticipation for so there was the anticipation for rain so people holding animals back on the anticipation for rain and then we also saw when the rain came that um sort of strengthened that um the rebuild sentiment and confidence that saw producers retain cattle yeah, we were just talking to an agent this morning and the amount of cattle that are moving very far distances around the country at the moment is quite incredible and and just the markets themselves are quite exceptional at the moment. Yeah, they are, definitely. We've, we've, we've seen that with the prices that the Eki has been hitting this year and all, all indicators for that that fact. We saw the wiki hit over a 1,000 cents per kilo last week because WA had a bit of rain and, and obviously the restocker sentiment there is high with obviously a smaller pool of cattle available. Yeah, and it certainly seems that, you know, even though these restocking prices are so high, there are people that are out there definitely willing to pay for it and the, the herd rebuild is picking up pace like we're seeing in the, the female slaughter ratios uh over the first quarter of, of this year are, are quite strong and indication that it's all going ahead. Yes, definitely. We're seeing, obviously seeing that um, trading on and off of available grass. We are seeing that to su- some extent. So that's obviously not feeding necessarily into that long-term rebuild. We're seeing some um, producers trade on and off grass and trying to make their margin out of obviously feeding um, to heavier weights. But we are seeing a lot of those um, producers looking for young females that they'll be able to get a, a number of calf drops out of and, and we're definitely seeing the value of those young animals in the markets. And 
sort of to wrap up, was there any other big surprises, I guess, in in the market and in what you found in the projections that you found interesting? The projections were probably an extension of what we did in January. So we obviously expected the the herd rebuild before the slaughter, but it's it, it's definitely been that pace of the rebuild and the the um slowdown of uh, the processing or, or the slaughtering. One thing we note as well that's also sort of playing into that um reduction uh, reduction in slaughter slaughtering is the uh, processor capacity from a labour perspective. Know that, that we we're talking to a few processors in the process of um collating the projections and they stress to us that that reduction in capacity, yes, it's supply driven, but also um, there is that those labour issues, the availability of labour. So that is probably one of the drivers accelerating that reduction in slaughter. We're also, I think, one of the interesting things was just the um, dependence on the, on the feedlot, obviously, when that continuity of supply, the tighter supply, the feedlot's offering that um, continuity of supply to processors. That's a really interesting point about the labour issues, Steve, and insight into just another factor of why we're seeing processor activity subdued in many markets. Now, I know price isn't part of MLA's projections, but if the seasons are somewhat normal and tight supplies do end up sticking around for the 18 months or so, I think it will be some time before we're seeing prices heading back to 2019 levels. Thank you for coming on Commodity Conversations today, Steve. We really appreciate your insight and I'm sure our listeners will too. And at the rate this year's flying, it probably won't be long before we have some sheep projections to talk about with you. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Anytime. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more detail on what MLA's supply projections mean for the herd rebuild and price, you can take a look at Angus Brown's report on the Mercado website. And as always, please give us a review on your favourite listening platform or if there's something you want us to talk about on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Commodity Conversations, audio production by David Myers.